0: Seems like every local in the valley here has a mountain bike. This sport is really exploding. I break the law. I ride illegal trip. And it's getting away from the cops,
1: the cars, the concrete. This baka a Chinese down here. Years snowboarders together on a run, you're looking for trouble. You know, they get on skis and they just think they can overcome the world. The
0: more you're around, the more you're gonna find out. I like to think that death is out of the question. The life starts at 40
1: miles an hour. So. You ride the chairlift for.
0: Two or three weekends, and you have to go like climb hills all week just to be even with God. You know.
1: Welcome to Mind the Track with Powbot and Trail Whisperer, ramblings from the skin track in winter, single track in summer, celebrating the core lords and fostering the culture of mountain life in the Sierra Nevada and Great Basin. Today is July 19th, and you're listening to episode number 15. And by the way, thanks for listening. Help spread the word. Leave Mind the Track a rating and review, and subscribe on Apple and Spotify. Got feedback or a core lord we should chat with? Drop us a line at podcast at gmail.com, at mindthetrack on Instagram, or just go to our website at mindthetrack.com. Today, we're back up in... Paho Donner at the PowBot Family Cabin. Here with me is the professor of p pu- 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 pow the director of the p pu- pu- powder Intelligence Agency in the United Shredders of Snow, the
0: summertime Lombot PowBot. Que paso. I'm, que paso. I'm, I'm glad I dropped my stutter as a kid. <laughs> you seem to have brought it back to I, me. It's
1: for it's for it's for uh, effect. Yeah, you know? it's, good, it's good, man. What's what's going? What's happening? The drummer of Downeyville. Oh yeah, you're, got you're, some drumming in last weekend. You're, you're back from the the big weekend, man. The big weekend. Yeah, it was a wild one, super wild. Um, and yeah, we should probably like preface this episode cuz it's another catch up episode between you and me it's been kind of a hectic couple weeks these last few weeks yep. we've been doing a bunch of different stuff and not
0: a whole lot of time for recording you you have i've been kind of working and sort of been bilbo baggins in in the backyard i'm i was like you last winter where i just sort of stayed in the neighborhood for a couple weeks stay home stay home yeah the, <laughs> It's a yeah. My uh, my hobbit tendencies have come out. The, the mountain biking in my backyard's just been perfect. So I haven't I haven't gotten ventured too far from home.
1: You know, there a friend of mine always used to say, you know, when you're having a good time where you are, don't be in a hurry to go somewhere else. Yeah. And so if you're if it's good in the in the backyard,
0: you stay in your backyard. That's right. When the point breaks yeah. firing, don't think that there's better waves somewhere else. Right. Be happy with what you got in front of you. Yeah. yeah. Well said. So, yeah, but this will be a little bit of a catch up episode. I I think that we can go back a couple of weeks and sort of recap some things in Tahoe from Fourth of July on. There's a little gossip around Tahoe from, from that. We actually made the national news, unfortunately, with some some terrible pictures from the Fourth of July. Uh, and then we've got some things. I think you you want to download us on the the Dville Classic is went down last weekend, which was cool. It's cool to see. I was bummed I couldn't make it up there, but I was there in spirit. And then uh, what else? What else do you got?
1: Uh, we should talk about the capital de oh, Tahoe yeah. Grand yeah, Opening, right. yeah. uh, a brand new trail in Carson City um, that connects um, basically Marlette Peak and Tahoe Rim Trail all the way into Carson City. Four k of backcountry flow trail. That was pretty cool. So we'll talk a little bit about that. Um, yeah, 4th of July, I think uh, there was some stuff that you were you before we started recording Paul just went on a freaking 10 minute long diatribe <laughs> about just all kind of parking, charging for parking, gondolas, you know, uh, yeah, the cook patrol. I, so I like, think we can
0: talk we can talk about <laughs> the Utah gondola a little bit too. I mean, even though it's in the middle of summer and it's and uh we're in the middle of this like crazy heat wave. Oh, it's hot, baby. <laughs> Even in the shade. It's it's been everywhere on the news. Like, is this the moment where people realize that global warming is real? You know why, right? I don't know why.
1: Honga Tonga, bro. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Bringing it back. It's Honga Tonga. It is because this. So one of the, we're going to go back to the We, we, need vol- we never got a volcanologist, know, but you know, one. Scott Kessler actually reached out to me and he said, Hey, I got a volcanologist for you. I was like, really? He's like, yeah, my buddy owns a tire shop. He said, after a big winter, you need a new set of tires. <laughs> but, um, no, seriously though. Um, one of the, why is it so hot? I well, mean, because I we so all, we the, all know. The Tongan, the Tongan eruption, it was an underwater volcano, right? So it put water vapor into the atmosphere versus just particulate. So all this water vapor has been in the upper atmosphere and it, and it acts as a, a blanket. So it's, it's trapping heat. And that's why we're seeing like all these mm-hmm.
0: so all these I, records. It, I gotta say in Tahoe though, it hasn't been that bad. Well, it's, it's getting, it's hot now. I remember, I remember other heat waves in Tahoe where it was uncomfortable sleeping at night. And this heat wave has not been all yeah, that but bad up here.
1: just a few weeks ago, they recorded the hottest average temperature on the planet ever, just a couple weeks yeah, ago. Yeah, but that just makes a good, really good headline. I mean, it makes a good headline, but there's also, I mean, I think there's a, I don't know, of course, I'm hung up on the Honga Tonga thing because it's just fun to say, but like, I think there's a correlation. I mean, look at what's going on in Vermont right
0: now it's yeah, like yeah, like yeah.
1: torrential historic flooding right and so we were getting that rain just 2 that months was, ago
0: yeah that was us
1: and it kind of has been working its way east, eastward right
0: yeah, like the you. thing
1: erupted 18 months ago it takes its time it takes time to get across the pacific it hit us in the winter and spring and now it's worked across the great plains i mean there were huge like i mean there's tornadoes and crazy flooding and stuff in the midwest all the time but like there's, it's particularly bad on the Eastern seaboard right now. So I'm not, I mean, like I said, I I don't sell tires. I'm not a volcanologist,
0: but you know, I, I'm just gonna keep saying Honga Tonga, man. Yeah, I did. <laughs> I, hopefully it just like, if you're saying the way it's going, and it'll just circle all the way back England's around. England's next, and then, man. And it's then. like gonna be like Scotland and then England, it'll just, I mean, keep an eye on it. It'll oh. be
1: interesting in a few months if like Scotland starts getting like torrential flooding or,
0: or like record high temperatures or hopefully it hits Japan by the time I want to go there next winter. It just it's going to have to make a full lap st- starting yeah, around nuking, the earth, yeah. in Japan. <laughs> cool. Well, let's jump into, let's jump into a couple things then. Uh, I guess maybe let's just start with the capital the Tahoe trail. That was yeah. just over two weeks ago. Yep, We showed up on a bright and sunny Saturday morning and there was a whole gaggle of politicians from Carson city there for a, a sort of ceremonious ribbon, ribbon cutting. That was the funniest
1: ribbon cutting ever because it was like five miles from where the actual
0: trail was. They were just like cut a ribbon, like next to a kiosk. Well, I think that some of those people that were part of that will, will never actually set foot or bike tire on parts of that trail. That was the one thing that I was kind of thinking in that, that trail was going to get hit hard and. It would get overused and everything, but just after we wrote it, I was like, oh, this is out in the middle of nowhere, and there's kind of a price of admission to get up here, so this is great. Yeah, and it's definitely a price of admission to get up there. So what we basically did, the traditional up North Canyon climb, which is- I From for, Spooner Lake. climbs go, It is a, I love that climb because it goes through all those Aspen stands. It kind of reminds me of hanging out in Colorado. It's a beautiful climb. It's a beautiful climb. So we climbed yep. from Spooner yep. up the North Canyon Road climb. Yep descended down to Marlette and then climbed again to sort of like a- Black Salt Flat. Is that what that's called? Yeah, it's, it's just like,
1: before the Marlette campground yep. there where the TRT meets like Sunflower Hill. And yep. there's like a big, the, the TRT crosses that Jeep road. It picks up right there. And there was
0: there was talk of there being more trail built to sort of circumnavigate that road, which I'm yeah. kind of excited about hearing. Because I just, the East Shore is open for business, by the way. Yeah, it's everything's melted out. So the, the riding in, in my backyard has just been phenomenal. Because of The snowbanks, there's just a couple snowbanks, but I'm excited to hear that you could maybe link then single track all the way from Marlet Peak, either like way, the way we did, which is down to Carson, or there's going to be options to ride TRT and stay on single track. Yeah, I mean,
1: the ultimate shuttle really is going to be, uh, and uh, hopefully Max Jones or someone, you know, um, like Flume Trail Bikes or another, company will have a shuttle from Carson City yep. where they drive you up Mount Rose Highway drop you off in Mount Rose Meadows and you ride TRT T. all yep. the way across up over Marlette and then you can finish in Carson City and yep. it's like a
0: 4,000 foot single track descent I got a, I actually had a couple of buddies doing that today really yeah and I, cu- I couldn't join them because I had, I had oh that's I had this to yeah. do, and then I'm going to work later but yeah those boys did a sh- big shuttle this morning and, and linked that up finally
1: yeah it was so we climbed yeah, north so we canyon did, we, we re- did the
0: north canyon and then and then the trail starts off up there in that flat spot kind of just before sunflower comes in
1: yeah well i i want to say though north canyon keep your head up there were, yeah that's true it was it was like kind of kook patrol like there were a lot of <laughs> like people with no helmets on these like you know Rad commuter e-bikes <laughs> and stuff just like rallying up and down the mountain like because yeah. that's where they drop everyone off who's going to do the flume trail back to you know incline and and there's some people outside of their pay grade there, you know. So you got to keep your head up because you never know who's coming down the mountain. They could be careening down on a bike that they've never ridden before with, and smash right into you. Yeah. So
0: especially on a weekend, it's a, you got to really be heads up. Yeah, we did it on a Saturday, so there. I think there there were some people up out and about. Yeah, but it was I liked that climb, and then and then yeah. we jumped on brand new trail. Yep, and it kind of that all that stuff reminded me of uh, like the bench cut machine built trail in park city yep like it's just perfect well there's some
1: traversing to so like when you i think the one thing that you people have to understand is that like when when people hear oh there's a brand new 4,000 foot single track descent it's not all downhill the top couple miles there's some traversing and up and down that you got to do to get over because you got to get across uh ash canyon creek Um, Because the trail really starts to lose elevation once you get over to Ash Canyon Creek, just below Snow Valley Peak there. Then it starts really going down. But the first couple miles is going to be some uppy-downy stuff. Um, But it's really, I mean, like you said, it's killer terrain up there. And um, the part that there's two more miles they need to build. So there's some Jeep road you got to ride for now to get over to the top of Ash Canyon Creek where the trail drops in yeah but all said and done it'll be like i think eight or nine miles a new trail from trt to uh the ash to kings trail
0: yeah then once you what we hit that then we we busted a dirty right and went down king's canyon to the new lincoln bypass was how we did it but you you could easily just go the other way too yep and take it to ash yep yep
1: and uh man that that the lower part, I mean, the lower part of King, I mean, I've ridden Ashley King's a lot. But Lincoln bypass is a fun trail, yeah, it's man. Fun. It's, it's fast, yeah. it's really fl- fast and flowy. Um, and then we literally popped out on King street, a mile from the capital, like f- a mile from downtown.
0: Hence the name capital, like their concept was you could ride from the capital all the way to Lake Tahoe. Yeah. And I think conceptually you could ride all or hike all the way to Mexico. Or all the way to the Canadian border because you can jump on. If you were on foot, you could link into the PCT. That's right. Yeah, weren't they saying like this is
1: a trail that's going to connect Carson City with the rest of the world? Or, yeah, or that was a. <laughs> that,
0: that, that, <laughs> At that first, was, I was like, what? That oh. was one of their taglines. But if you think about it, yeah, once you get up onto the, the Tahoe Rim Trail, then you're connecting into the PCT.
1: Yeah, I mean, that trail is a game changer for Carson City. Um, it. Is gonna just bring a whole bunch of new options. It's a climbable trail too. I think the the thing that I noticed that was that you know, with a lot of newer trail, it's it's uh, has to keep a certain grade, so it's not super steep. Yeah. But I think we maybe we had mentioned this previously, but um, you know, some one of your friends said you know the new Cap to Tahoe is like what the Sierra Canyon Trail wishes it could have been. Sort of, yeah, yeah, and I and I agree with that statement. I mean, it's a it was a really good trail like good flow for how new it is it rides quite well there isn't a lot of um there's some switchbacks but not like uh an obscene amount of switchbacks you know you know and they're good switchbacks they're well built um and they don't kill your flow i don't feel like um but it goes through some beautiful terrain
0: um killer sweeping views of carson you come around a couple corners and you're like oh this is look at where we're at yeah
1: yeah, it was it was a a, a really well built trail. Kevin Joel did the construction on that. Who's built a lot of trail in, in the Reno and the Truckee Meadows area over the years, and that's probably I think I would say the best trail I've ridden of his. Okay, um, is yeah really well built, really well thought out, um, muscle powered. You know, put a lot of. I mean, there were a lot of agencies and and people in Carson City, and the Forest Service that came together on that project. It's been a decade in the making. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, they said 13 years that was in the making.
1: Yeah. Yeah, we were, at some point, we'll uh, interview Chelsea Kinchelow, who's the head of Muscle Powered. Um, We were going to do it on the day we rode, but we just didn't have time. We ran out of time. Um, But yeah, it was was a great trail. I highly recommend it, um, especially if you shuttle it uh, from Mount Rose Meadows on an even day, right? Is that the,
0: yes. So it, uh, now that Mount Rose Meadows is, is good to go. The, there are just a couple snow banks there when you, when you leave the Met, when you leave the trailhead, but they recommend that it's even days, yeah. even days for bikes. And you could take that out all, all the way up and over to say on the rim trail, all the way up and over Merlette peak, which is just a beautiful climb section too. I love that that's a good trail yeah that's a good trail and and then you just descend right into the where that trail takes off and does a dirty left so i mean the way the way into that trail is like the way we did it which is you climb from spooner or you can come in from our or you can come in from mount rose meadows you could also ride from tahoe to carson which would be climbing tunnel creek all the way up to the rim trail and then going up and over marlette and then linking into that so there's there's a couple ways into it yeah and I'd say people go do it. It's a brand new trail, but darn it, it, it rode good for being an opening year. Oh yeah. And it's, to me, I'll, I will say that I, I was on my enduro bike and that was, I had way too much bike. I, I was on hardtail. Yeah, it was perfect. Yeah. You were, you, I, I you had You could a little, totally ride it on, you'd ride on a rigid bike. Really? I, I was almost thinking you could ride it on a drop bar bike. It'd be, almost. A, uh, it wouldn't be as almost. fun.
1: It wouldn't be as fun, but a rigid, like a rigid single speed or, well, getting up there would be a pain, but you could do a rigid mountain bike with like fat tires and a dropper post. You'd have a blast. It's not very rocky. It's an XC trail. Yeah. It's definitely
0: an XC trail. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Um, well, speaking of XC, maybe we should jump into the downhill yeah, so, classic.
0: Give it, give us. So I, I, was hanging out in my garden and going swimming with the wife in Lake Tahoe that weekend. So I, I was not up there, but you were right in the mix of it, yeah. encouraging people along with funky good beats. Oh yeah, come. So you were set up where at the Santa Cruz aid station or what? What was it?
1: Yeah, Santa Cruz had their aid station at Packer Saddle. Okay, and they. Um, so uh, Greg Williams' son Miles who's in high school they they put miles in charge of kind of coordinating the the uh, the aid station so he he got uh, Matt Matt Merrill uh, who was running around in the monkey suit so it was miles and then Matt Merrill's lady uh oh, what was her name she but yeah it was Jack that's her name and she was great cuz she was just dancing and stuff and she was in that thing for like a couple of hours man i was impressed i think miles bailed out of that thing after an hour cuz it's hot humps yeah in that in that pink gorilla suit, <laughs> um, especially up there. Um, and so yeah, Matt Merrill, who's got the Adventure Monkeys, he's out of Quincy, he has a shuttle service. Ah, okay. So there's Yuba Expeditions that shuttles uh, Huff and then there's uh, Matt Merrill and Adventure Monkeys that shuttle Huff and he's a, a great, freaking awesome guy, he's from Pittsburgh. He grew up not far from where I grew up in Pittsburgh, so we have that connection and um, you know, I heard what they were doing and I was, I was going to set the drum kit up somewhere on the mountain. And then I was like, well, you're, de- you're going to be DJing at the saddle. Maybe I'll just set up where you're at and I'll just like play whatever I'll play to whatever you're playing. Like I, we had, I freestyled, like I didn't have any heads up as to what his playlist was. I just heard what he was playing and I just played to it. I heard a little clip
0: of Shakedown Street
1: and yeah, was there was like, like a dance shakedown street. <laughs> it was
0: super fun. As an old deadhead, I was like, I was super into seeing that.
1: That was actually like probably one of my favorite songs he played for me. The highlight actually was probably uh, "Baba O'Reilly" by the Who. Yeah, because he, he played mostly dance stuff, and then he pulled out that Who song, and I know that song, so I was like, oh yes, we
0: rock that. And uh, to- "Baba O'Reilly" and "Tomorrow, Tomorrow Never Knows." Yeah, yeah, cool. Yeah, so that was fun, and, and so um, that you do, you were doing that on Saturday. That
1: was on Saturday, yeah. I had this uh, like super rad Rasta colored see-through Ludwig drum kit, these super rare drums that a friend of mine let me borrow, um, which was awesome. So I had those and then I had my like, my old disco angry single speeder outfit with my disco helmet. Yeah, One of my
0: buddies is a photographer, Tucker. Sent me a photo. It was yeah. like this guy, and it was you rocking drums with a with a BMX. It was like a skateboard, it was skateboard helmet. helmet, yeah, like yeah. the old school Tony Hawk skateboard helmet. Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. <laughs> so yeah, that was yeah. super fun. People were pumped. Uh, there were a lot of crushed souls, though. Swan John. Uh, we should mention Swan John rode the Captain Tahoe trail with us too. Yes. So she was she was hanging tough with the boys on the uh, on that big ride. But she also ran. Um, I didn't run, but just volunteered at the aid station on at blue point on the climb. And she was like, man, it was carnage. Like people were abandoning their bikes and like walking towards us, like zombies, like I need water. And there's just like bikes laying in the middle of the trail. <laughs> like you're having to like walk over people's bikes and stuff. And that, that was from the heat probably. It was hot. It yeah. Was the hot. heat, the event, you know, I have to say the event it starts kind of late, man. It, the first people off is at nine thirty. It's pretty freaking late. Like, it, it, I mean, I think an hour earlier would make a huge difference for everyone. Um, cause you know, the slower people, by the time they're at the saddle, it's almost 12 o'clock, you know? And it's oh, like on, I mean, on Saturday, man, it was probably high eighties pushing 90 at 7,000 feet. It was over a hundred degrees in Downeyville. Uh-huh. And then you drop down into the Canyon on like first divide. It's all bedrock, man. It's just, Bakes. It's super hot down at the bottom.
0: And I saw Greg's post about the fact that everything had melted out pretty yeah,
1: much. Yep. Everything had melted out. Like all that stuff that we were glissading over was pretty much gone. Um and yeah, there was you know, I think the so the kind of the highlights for me for the race were the race weekend was that like it was warm, you know, the heat had an effect. Um and it was carnage, man. Like the The course, I think from the winter, the displacement of the dirt from around the rocks and roots made the rocks bigger and the ruts deeper and the roots bigger. And people were just smashing their bikes, like broken wheels all week long, people pre-riding. I had talked to Carl Decker and who runs the giant pro team and all their riders had smashed multiple wheels over the course of the week. Um, You know, a friend of mine, Big Jeff, he freaking snapped his handlebar off and like went face down in the dirt.
0: Um, well, Greg, just, Greg Williams on that last episode we recorded said, "Big tires, big tires, <laughs> and and yeah, and like if you don't respect the mountain, it'll sort you out, right? Yeah. Um, just and those quotes were so good from that episode. <laughs> yeah. If you're holding, don't hold don't out. Don't hold out. <laughs>
1: Yeah, and then just injuries, man. A lot of people went down. On Thursday alone, there were two helicopter extractions. There was a broken wrist and then a broken leg. Um, And yeah, just gnarly. They had to land a helicopter in the meadow next to baby heads to extract this mountain biker who just, just ate it and right in front of the trail crew. Literally the trail crew was out there on their dirt bikes, like flagging the course. And this guy comes riding down. And I guess he was, I don't know, he wasn't paying, He was like looking at them and not looking at the trail. And This just, was
0: before the race?
1: This was on Thursday, yeah. pre-riding. And just ate it hard right in front of them. And suddenly one of the trail crew guys was like, yeah, his leg was t- twisted like backwards. Oh, okay. So, and then, you know, race day, Saturday wasn't, there weren't too many injuries on Saturday. It was just heat-related stuff. Like one guy collapsed on the climb from heat exhaustion. They had to get him off the mountain. Um, and then Sunday was like there was a there was a serious injury on Sunday. There was a broken femur on on Third Divide. And here's the here's a crazy story. So um, the guy we met on the climb pre-riding, we talk about in the last episode, the dude on the single speed matt the, the, yeah, from humble from
0: the north coast guy
1: yep he was the guy that broke what? his leg yes really? yeah and it was crazy because i found out about it in town um i talked to my friend carter who's um on the board of the executive board of the stewardship and and he had the um there was a helicopter flying off he's like there goes the guy and i was like oh man they had to helicopter him out and he said yeah and He's like, I got his bike in his car and he he had his piece of paper in his hand and I looked at the name and I'm like, I recognize the name. And I said, wait, is that the guy? And he said, yeah. I was like, where's his bike? He goes, it's over there. And sure isn't, sure enough, man, it was the same. It was a full suspension, Revel. Single speed. Single speed. Yep. And I'm like, oh damn, it was the guy. And so I have a picture my buddy, Ken Hanna, who is an avid listener. Um, shout out to Ken. He volunteered uh, as a as a medic, EMT, Uh, for the race on moto and he was stationed at the waterfall for the downhill day and had to rally down to third and helped carry Matt off the mountain down they had to carry this guy backboard him all the way down third divide there's a picture he took of this guy Matt like his leg is like totally flopped off it's disgusting it's creepy right like he's it's facing going the wrong direction it's going the wrong direction and his shoe is off and on he, he has like a sock on you know and on the bottom of the sock it says ride fast take chances <laughs> <laughs> like, oh god dude should have worn a different pair of socks that well, day let's give
0: a shout out to matt he's maybe since he met us that day we yeah were pre-riding i hope he's listening. feeling okay i, man. I hope he Oof. got that leg set and brutal dude right Brutal. So that, and that kind of set up
1: like on an unfortunate circumstance where there was like kind of chaos on Third Divide for the downhill day. Like there were people who lost several minutes of time um, getting caught behind the
0: extraction. I mean, I don't think they could helicopter them out. You're so deep. That's, it just goes back to that conversation we had about it. Like that place is real. Like you get hurt back up in there and there's no way out. Yeah. Except walking out. Downhill. Downhill.
1: Sometimes uphill is better, but like in that situation, in that circumstance that
0: third divide spot that's why when you yeah. when you've crest up on third divide there's a reason why there's a backboard sitting right there yeah
1: oh yeah they it's, keep
0: like i think they've been keeping one there now for seven eight years
1: more than a decade for sure a decade probably yeah 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 it's just the the speeds you hit on that thing man are nuclear and like yeah when things go wrong they go really wrong on that trail and it, it was you know there were people, I heard some people complain, you know, about like, they should have just stopped the race. And it's like, I, you know, how do you armchair wow. quarterback, something like that? I don't know, man, like, it's a tough call. Um, the bottom line is that a guy got really hurt and yeah. he needed to get off the mountain. And in, and in my opinion, everyone else's race has come second. Like that's not, the, pri- the priority is you e- extract person safely as you can, as quickly as you can. Um, and, you know, they got him off the mountain safely. Um, but there were definitely a few moments of chaos. I heard um, from uh, a few people that Henry O'Donnell, the, the trail crew boss for the stewardship, who's just you know he's got hands the size of a basketball. You know, um, there, were, there was some guy who got real aggro, started yelling and getting physical, and I think Henry just like freaking grabbed him and just like you know kind of had to manhandle this guy, um, and and somebody. <clears throat> and somebody ripped his number plate off and said, you're banned, you're done. Don't ever come back. Like inexcusable behavior. And, you know, it kind of, you know, we talked with Greg, you know, and he was like, you He know, prefaced that. He's like,
0: just be kind, be, be, kind. be, be kind, kind, be good to love your one fellow
1: Yeah. And I think, you know, people lose sight of that. And some people in the heat of the moment and heat of competition lose sight of that. And it's unfortunate. Um, but,
0: you know. And like you said, it's just, there's a lot of luck involved and that thing and if you got caught behind that that's just not your lucky day it's
1: just not your lucky day man it's yeah it's hard to i mean you know marco so marco osborne um he oh my god
0: he's your neighbor
1: yeah so he's (laughs) he's another core lord (laughs) Lord (laughs) um he was rallying down he had a good day on the Saturday on the, in the XC. I mean, he can't hang with the like the super fast rate right, like XC guys like Keegan and and Tobin and you know um Jeff Kabush, but like when it comes to downhill, man, he he's hard to keep up with on the downhill. And um so after Saturday, he's like, "I was making all these crazy passes. It was so wild. It was so much fun." You know, and he had a pretty good day on Saturday and then on Sunday, he was ready to on Cork one, and he had been pre-riding the course and um had uh, you know, had the, the 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 nasty line on the waterfall dialed. He was going full inside, um, and but on race day, all these people had splashed through there and got the the rocks were soaking wet, and so he came just hauling into the waterfall and went down that line that he had sessioned and just ate it face down. I've got a sequence of photos that are just nasty, like scary looking. And he put a hole in his kneecap, oh. dude. It was gnarly, like huge, huge gash, massive. Like to the point where I'm like, were you even wearing knee pads? he said, no, I was wearing knee pads. I was wearing like XC, lightweight XC knee pads. He's like, had I not had those on, I would have ripped my kneecap clean off. And then he got back up on his bike and still what? did a 47 minute downhill run with a giant hole in his knee that he needed, like, I don't know, 15, 20 stitches to seal up at least. So I, I was like, Sandy, man, Sandy word. That's the sen- Yeah. That's my send of the week. I mean, Marco just, that's crazy, man. Crazy.
0: I, I, when that section's like that, I just kind of run through it.
1: Well, I, and I, <laughs> I always tell people, I, I was like the, the waterfall, you will not win the race in the waterfall, but you will definitely lose the race in the waterfall. I've seen people walk that thing and still win. Hmm. It's not, you know, it, it's, it's got this, you know, it's got this kind of allure and like legend attributed to it just because it's pretty gnarly and it looks pretty gnarly. And, but like, you can tiptoe through that thing and then get back on your bike and keep shredding and and not lose much time at all. I mean, you can make the time up you lose in the waterfall in a hundred yards on that climb to third divide, Yeah. you know? So it's not, it's not gonna make the difference on winning but it'll definitely
0: lose you the day if you don't take it if you yeah, don't you treat lose, it lose lightly, some skin in there for sure. Yeah. yeah. Well, another another shout out to everyone who who ran the course and got hurt, and hopefully everyone's going to be okay after that weekend.
1: Yeah, and you know it was it was. Um, I definitely want to give a shout out to the race organizers, So the Sierra yeah. Buttes Trail Stewardship staff, um, Breakaway Promotions, which is the event promoter and a coordinator and event that was, their logistics. First, that was their
0: first time working with them too, yeah.
1: Well, at the Classic. So they've done the lost and found the past couple of years, okay. but this was the first time that Breakaway Promotions helped put on the Classic. And for the stewardship, most everyone like Kyle Stone, who's the event like manager for the stewardship is his first Classic. Um, so there are a lot of people involved who'd never done it before. And they, I think they did an outstanding job, um, you know, Everybody seemed to have an amazing time. I had a blast. It was just great to have the event back in town. Like cool. the town needs the classic. And I think, you know, they're the old saying, you don't know what you have until it's gone. Um, previously, you know, there were still people in town who were like, oh, the race, all these mountain bikers, the parking's gonna be a mess. You have to close the road, what a pain in the butt. But like, then it goes away for four years and nobody's coming to town and nobody's going to the restaurants and nobody's staying at the hotels. And it's like, you know, it's it has an effect on the town. It, I don't think anybody really fully realized the impact that race would have until it went away. And everybody was so pumped to have it back. I mean, even the the city, or not this, Downeyville is not incorporated, but like the townsfolk in Sierra County, they actually closed Main Street a day earlier than they ever have. So it was, they shut down Main Street on Thursday. Cool.
0: Um, what were some of the other festivities that went on down because the, the jump into the river wasn't happening. Yeah, so. they had
1: the, so they had the log pole instead. Like they, they threw everything around the log pole. Okay. Um, and solo stove, you know, that like the, that like uh, stainless steel chimney thing, like washing machine tub looking fire pit thing, you know, that's supposed to be like no smoke. Oh yeah, yeah. You know, there's like super nice. They, they, they threw out, they were like whoever men and women met, like whoever wins gets a brand new solo stove. So there were like a bunch of people were like, I'm going for that. So I think those there are were the like,
0: things people put in their vans. Yeah. Or, yeah.
1: Well, you can uh, not like, want, you don't light it in your van, but you
0: can carry it with you. Oh, it's one of the, it's an outside stove.
1: Yeah. It sounds, it's like a, just like a, like a wash, like it looks like a, a wash barrel, you know? but it's small. You can carry it and take it. And then, you know, I've t- I have one and we've taken it like skiing. Like we'll go after a day of skiing, we'll pull it out in the parking lot and throw wood in it. And it's super, super nice. Um, but anyway, a lot of people towed the line for the log pole. And so that was cool. Cause like, it was packed, like, they were standing room only on Main Street. You couldn't really, you couldn't really see what was going on unless you were standing right in front of it. Cool. So like the crowd that otherwise would have been at the river jump was at the log pole, and then what was also cool was that the vibe at the beach was totally different. So Matt Merrill, who DJed um, on Saturday at the at the. Um, Packer Saddle, he set up his DJ equipment at the beach where the river jump usually is. And so it was awesome. Like all afternoon, he's just playing, playing music. People and are dancing. People and getting, are dancing and swimming and getting wet. And it was, you know, it was tough. I mean, I think they could have pulled off the river jump, but man, they had to make the decision two weeks ahead of time because it takes a week to build that thing. And then like, you need a week of logistics to get it like organized and set. And two weeks ago, the river was way too high and cold and people had died. There was. There were a couple uh, fatalities on the North Yuba. There were a couple river rescues. Like it was just not safe. So, but you know, I don't we think- got, it,
0: We got it next year. We got it next it year. And I don't think it took away from anything, man. Definitely seems like they're bringing that event back. And it's here to stay.
1: It's here, I mean, it was so, I mean, I think the reminder to everyone was Downeyville's still gnarly. It's still raw, it's still rugged, it's still real. And it's still the granddaddy of all mountain bike events. I don't care what you want to compare it against. It's number one in my eyes. Like you have to be, it's the true test of what a mountain biker is. You got to be fit, you got to be skilled, and you got to have a little luck. And um, yeah, and it's raw. So it
0: was great to have it back.
1: Saw a lot of old friends too. It was super cool. cool. Man, I'm
0: glad, I'm glad that that came back, and you got to connect and do do that event next year. You'll be there. I'm gonna try to make it next year. Yeah, I should be freed up on a weekend to do that. Yeah. I'm Look, looking forward to a, a change of pace in my life on, in, in that regard.
1: Hey, this is Rattail Rick with Trash and Treasure on WMTT Hot Country 103. Give us a call. Tell us what you got for sale today. Hey, you're on the air. Hey, how you doing? This is uh, Tony Turbo down there in East Sandwich. Hey, I got this uh, big Agnes tree person tent here. Uh, definitely doesn't fit tree people. Went camping with the wife. What can I say? She hates camping, so it's for sales, okay? Used only once, because I'm a good fella, I'll be honest. It's got a wee-wee stain in it from my old dog Rocky, okay? Two bones, it's yours. We'll trade for a decent lawnmower. Call me at one two three four five six seven. All right, Tony Turbo and East Sandwich has a not a three person tent with a wee wee stand for sale. Two hundred dollars or trade for a lawnmower. Ring them up at one two three four five. 6, There's a better way to buy, sell, and rent used outdoor gear. Sendy, a new peer-to-peer online marketplace backed by Cam Zinc and Travis Rice, built by athletes for athletes. Sendy is committed to providing the outdoor community with a high quality hub for high quality gear. Sendy provides a safe platform for buying, selling, and renting, making sketchy meetups with shady characters and seedy parking lots a thing of the past. Sendy uses integrated and discounted UPS rates, QR codes, and print-ready labels, shipping anywhere in the U.S., with Canada coming soon. Download the app today for free at the Apple Store, Google Play, or visit sendy.io. Buy it, sell it, rent it, and send it with Sendy, charter partner of Mind the Track. Now back to the show.
0: Yeah, so uh, let's let's spin it back then, just one more weekend then, because we really haven't seen each other since you went up to ville and then it was just after 4th of July, you know? Yeah. What'd, what'd you do for the 4th? Good old America Day. Uh, oh, participated in the Truckee 4th of July parade. Yeah,
1: you which were- Which was so awesome. That's right,
0: you were leading the parade with Trucky Dirt Union.
1: Yeah, so Truckee Dirt Union, we had a float. Um, at the front of the float was uh, this like super rad Pontiac, like early seventies, uh, Trans Am. Um, and then I, the, the Sun Raider was at the back of the parade. So
0: you were bringing up the rear.
1: I was bringing up the rear. I had like the speakers on the hood blasting music and everybody riding bikes and, you know, pumping up the crowd. And it was, it was super fun, like great parade. And then what was super cool is that Matt chapel who we had on episode two, um, who, you know, helps run truckie during union mm-hmm. and, um, Orbital Design Lab, their office is right there at the end of the parade. So we literally like pulled into the parking lot, parked, and then the parade, we watched the rest of the parade go by us as we were cooking hot dogs and hanging out. So that was, it was really fun.
0: It was cool that that those guys got to be a part of that. And it sounds like it's gonna be a tradition for the Dirt Union to... Yeah. To be a part of the Trucky parade.
1: Well, Katie and, and Matt have been in Truckee, right, for more than 20 years. And they were like, we've never participated in the parade and we're gonna do it every year now. That was like so fun.
0: Cool.
1: <laughs> so that was neat. I fully, How about you?
0: I hobbited out, man. I, I finally took the opportunities. I had two days off there, but I I ride wrapped my new e-bike, ooh, which was not fun. I don't recommend it. Just pay. Oh, it's a pain. Pay it's someone to pay. do it, but I had the time to do it, so I I, I jumped in, got a little cooler, put a couple of beers in it, and hung out in the garage for four hours. Just played with clear stickers. Oh my god! And that was <laughs> that was my Fourth of July. It was it was not exciting at all. But I was kind of I was peopled out. I'd been working in the public for a couple of weeks there straight, so I needed to just chill out and hang in the garage. and hung in the backyard a little bit, and I think the next day I went for a bike ride, but. Uh, yeah, I was I was kind of being Bilbo that that weekend, but you know the the fourth I did think about on the fourth a little bit that that mountain biking is ours, it's an American thing, right? It no yeah mountain like biking was it, invented in the United States. I, yeah. I think some people argue about whether it was started in Crested Butte or it started in in Marin, Nantam. If it was the Cupertino actually. I think there's a bunch of people, there's a bunch of people who can claim that, Mm -hmm. but you know, I got to thinking on the fourth that like the two sports, I I love surfing too, but the two sports that I really do and love the most are, are American sports, mountain biking and snowboarding. Yeah. There you go. And snowboarding is ours too. I, I know that there was Nick Russell and a crew a few years ago went over to... You know wherever Borat's from is like Kazakhstan. At, they went to Kazakhstan, and they met some people that like. <laughs> well, well, we were. They, <laughs> they met some people that have been riding like some you know random snurfer esque type thing, and uh-huh. it was like you know it's a it's, it was very cool and a novelty. But I will say that snowboarding is ours, kind of like called bluegrass music, the blues, jazz, is ours. jazz yep. is ours. Yep, there's not a lot actually that's truly American football, which I'm not in NASCAR, but <laughs> but like, if you think about it, like yeah. I mean, the, the, the mountain biking and snowboarding, yes, yeah. they're truly American. They Absolutely. started people are, and people will argue where they started, whether it was, you know, the snurfer in Michigan or whether it was someone else, someone in Utah, this, the winter stick boys, or it was Tom Sims in Southern California. But the same thing with mountain biking, like it is, it, that's it's, we own it.
1: Well, mountain biking was dominated by the Americans in the 1990s, you know, like, all the world cup stuff or like the early like international bike races, the world championships, it was always an American, but that only lasted about five years. And then the Europeans caught up and they were like, Oh no, we're going to do this way better. And (laughs) now, you know, it's rare to see an American on that, on that world cup circuit. That's still the case.
0: That's the case now, huh?
1: Yeah. Those guys are totally. Yeah. It's, I mean, we have our people for sure, but not like it used to be like there was a contingent in the 90s of americans who just dominated now it's like you know we'd get like you know especially i think it's more there are americans that were more successful in the downhill circuit i would say than on the xc circuit um but yeah it's just cycling is a culture in europe you know it's just a way of life so all they had to do was adapt to a new type of cycling and they they had their training and their development already dialed and they just Started burying the Americans, but you're right. I mean, this sport was invented here. It's an Amer- uniquely American sport, and um, yeah. Did so? Did you ride your bike on Fourth of July? I did,
0: I did not actually. I, oh the, man, it's kind of like the birthday. I know, of, and that's, it's yeah. always been a tradition for me to ride my bike all the years I lived at Donner Lake. I used to do the parade, and then I, my traditional ride on the fourth was to do uh, the old Immigrant Trail. Yeah, was I would ride from Donner Lake up through the train tunnels go do i would i call that ride the reverse lake run <laughs> yeah <laughs> so yeah. i'd go up lakeview canyon through the tunnels backwards up to sugar bowl and then do and then do uh the old immigrant trail back down into Coldstream cold stream and then and then back to the donner lake for the rest of the festivities but this year i was just i was public down man i was beat yeah well, it was, i was i was a little bummed at myself for being like so lazy but i needed it i needed a chill day
1: No, it's good. Well, you, you had said, um, too many people and that's probably maybe a good segue to talk about, you know, one of the other topics that you were going, going berserco on earlier.
0: You want to know what else is American? Crowds? Trashing the beach. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. 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 Oh my gosh. Like, so that's how we, we like Tahoe, unfortunately made the national news with all of the photos that came out of Zephyr Cove. And what happened in South Lake on the 4th of July. Was that like, Nevada State Beach? So unfortunately it was, yeah. That was all down in Southlake. How South in the Brighton. hell does the Nevada State Beach allow that to happen? Is Isn't that, that a state beach? Yes, but I think what happened is that like the person who needed to be standing there and like like I had mentioned there needed to be kook patrol. Yeah. Like, I, like if there was just two guys, big muscles. Yeah. And like a bright. Some Samoan guys? Yes. Within like a bike, bright pink shirt that said like, you know, Coup so patrol Coup patrol <laughs> that would be amazing. and like, they're not, you know, they're not cops. They're not armed, but they're just, they're just eyes. Yeah. Watching the kooks <clears throat> and people would would not have probably trashed it as much as they did. But like the, this, that scene was, I think it shook a lot of people. I mean, it made Washington post. It made New York Times, It made the major news cycle that it was appalling. Yeah. There was so much trash. I mean, it was insane. There was coolers and tents and chairs and just At yeah, first was,
1: I thought it was like all the bears in South Lake Tahoe raided every dumpster simultaneously and just r- threw everything on the
0: beach. I'm like, "Wait, riff. humans did that?" Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was like zombies. Zombie zombie 4th of July humans. So, yeah, it was that was disappointing to see and it's just like you lose faith, and faith in faith and humanity when you see that.
1: Well, but, did
0: you did yeah. you see what they
1: did um they with picked all the tra- Well, no, but did you see what else they did? No. So they created this mural. So they have these giant glass see through boxes that are stacked on top of each other, like this art installation with a bunch of trash in it all. Oh, that's so cool. you can see the trash through the, these glass like boxes. And there's it basically is like a, a public service announcement like, don't trash the beach, pick up your damn trash, be a human being. What, were you I, raised by a pack
0: of wolves. Like what even wolves the, are cleaner than you. What, the, I mean, what are you doing? The the keep Tahoe blue the whole thing just went out the window when you see something like that. Like there was 40 years of public service announcement yeah. of you know taking care of our environment just all goes out the window on the Fourth of July. I so I mean that the first thing that came to my mind is like these people are acting like toddlers and we just need to take their toy away, which is cancel Fourth of July in Tahoe for a year. Right. Why not? Well, it was kind of canceled there for a little bit, wasn't it? Well, like, I think that some people don't. There's not. That was the thing is that South Lake was the only place that had fireworks other than Donner Lake. So that's why oh, that all, all that's all, damp? all those... Yeah. What
1: is it about fireworks? Like <laughs> it brings some, out the uh, worst. God, dude! American. Like you see one fireworks display, you see them all. Yeah. You know, except it's, for this one I saw in San Diego one time. It, oh, this was hilarious. Fourth of July fireworks. So so it was at like the city of San Diego, like the big one, you know, we're on the bay and we're like looking across the bay to downtown and the show starts, right? And there's a couple fireworks, you know, and then all of a sudden, dude, it was like the war of 1812. Like, like the, the motherlode caught on fire. But it just, everything went, it was like, I'm like, wow, they're really going for it. I I can't I wonder what the freaking grand finale is going to look like. This is insane, dude. Like it was daytime. It was so bright. It was like daytime and then it was just like boom 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 boom, 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 boom for like 2 minutes and then nothing. Yeah. And then like just this plume of smoke sitting above the city of San Diego, right? And everyone's like, "What the hell?" So and and so like you're sitting and you're sitting and that that was it. And like, everyone's looking at each other, like it's over. That was like a three minute show. Well, I guess what had happened was it was on like this timer thing, you know? Like where they timed to like set off and one of the timers malfunctioned and it just set everything off at the same time. Yeah. So can you imagine being the pyrotechnics guy and all of a sudden like well, everything's lighting off all at once, you're like, ah! He then, probably they,
0: got hurt. <laughs> so I've, that, that happened in, in my hometown in Michigan. so (laughs) this is so funny story i I was not old enough to remember this one but my aunt and uncle had always told me the story because my dad was actually pulled out of the crowd so where i grew up in michigan they have everybody lines up on the other side of the grand river and then on the other side of the river there's this sand dune where they have uh the world's largest i think that someone in japan now built another one but they had a musical fountain And they would do a musical fountain show every day in the summer. But on the 4th of July and for the Coast Guard Festival, they would have a firework show. And there was a year where the firework show did the exact same thing you just described. But for them, it wasn't a timer. It was like they would set them off. I think it was back in the 70s, the early 70s. And so like one of the fireworks ended up in the mother load. Oh God. And it all, it did the exact same thing. Like it was in, there's all these people in the, like everyone in their boats, like hang out in the river. Yeah. And all of a sudden there's fireworks shooting in the (laughs) boats. It was like, it was like Vietnam. (laughs) But so that whole thing happened. And then like, as like you described, as the smoke is settling, like some people came over in a boat and were like, Hey, we need a doctor. We need some help because there were people that were hurt. And yeah. so my dad got pulled out of the crowd and oh pulled God. over to the other side. Yeah, when when fireworks don't go as planned, it's not a good thing. Oh yeah, no. Which is kind of what happened in South Lake. That was not a good thing. Like just pick your, pack it in, pack it out. We've all heard it. Yeah. Well, so. I, I doubt anyone
1: listening to this is one of those guilty parties. I, I hope to, I really hope that people who listen to this podcast are smart enough and evolved enough to not trash their public
0: lands, for crying out loud. It's a thing, I think, I, so all the years I spent in Colorado, it was less of a thing there, and when I lived in Wyoming, too, and then when I came back to California, that I, it sort of took me by surprise how less Californians take care of their public lands. Yeah. I think they, they sort of just sort of use and abuse the public lands. I think it's maybe too, that's a factor of there's just more people here, but it's, it seemed to be, that was an eye opener for me when I came back in the early two thousands that hmm. there was more sort of that sort of ethic of just not taking care of entitlement. People. Yeah. I don't I don't know what it is. I don't yeah. know what it is.
1: Well, um, why don't we talk about, I know there was one other thing that you wanted to discuss yeah, you know, quickly the, well, related it, 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 to crowds. And well, I mean, again, Tahoe it's, it's,
0: well, well, 4th of July too. I think that 4th of July was the first, you know, we talked about it a couple of pods ago about the squad dropped after they sold all their passes, they dropped the news that they were enacting a paid parking program. And, you know, after talking to a few people in Tahoe about it and getting some other feedback, like I, I in the end, it's a good thing that they are pushing to change things, but I just don't know if, it, again, like if it's gonna, like we need public transportation. Because like, the, so anyway, the, the 4th of July weekend was the first weekend that Palisades Tahoe tried to do paid parking. And of course, everybody just ended around it. And everybody, you know, like you said, people speak with their with their dollar. Incentive drives and, behavior. Yeah, incentive drives behavior. And so everybody parked still at, at Olympic Valley and took the free shuttle over yeah, or they got their girlfriend or wife to dr- to drop them off at at Alpine and do their three runs to the mud pit, uh, but but you know, and that that whole thing doesn't sort of solve if you got if someone's dropping you off at the ski resort, that means that there's two car trips instead of just one car coming in and go leaving when you leave. But anyway, uh, it it sort of begs the question that we need public transportation in Tahoe. I don't know where, like, that's not happening next year. So with, with Palisades, Tahoe enacting this paid, paid parking program, is it really going to get people out of their cars? Because they do, they have another option to get to the mountain, at least from, I think they have an option to get from Tahoe city. I think there's a bus that comes from Tahoe city, but I don't know about Truckee. Yeah. And if they like, and then also do we have a good parking lot? Like we need a giant parking lot. It's like what, you know, Utah dropped the news that they are unfortunately building a Gondolin, Little Cottonwood Canyon, which hasn't been well received. I mean, is that a done deal? Like it's going to happen? I don't, happen or I don't is it know. Still it's, it seems like a concept. UDOT went through the whole thing and they dropped the news and people are pissed about it. But, you know, at least with them, phase one of that project is building parking and making public transportation work for, for the Little Cottonwood Canyon. And I would love to see that sort of work its way through so then we could apply it to Palisades Tahoe. But I don't know if people are going to, again, like, people don't want to give up their Sprinter van. They really don't. Yeah. Like, I You know? And and so I think the, in the end, again, this whole thing with parking, like, just limit the number of people. Uh you know, a limit the number of people there. So I, I thinking about it, like it's like reservations. Yeah, what you're which saying. is what they're doing, or just sell less passes, or if they're not going to do that, then it's back to being a reservation system. Yeah, and uh, you know, it's that's just what we're doing. I don't know, reservation system. It it could work. I'm or curious. just
1: don't go to Palisades Tahoe. How about that? Just uh, yeah. don't buy an icon yeah, pass. Like, boycott like, it.
0: Support the independents. I, yeah. i'll say it again like the independents are really where skiing in north america is right now yeah like you know if unless you go or the, go back country more yeah don't do that <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But, but yeah if you do just go to you know
1: mount rose or johnson canyon or just yeah, stick to I those two know. places it's
0: just <laughs> yeah I, the, the reservation system i think is going to work in some senses uh like, I, I think, though, that there needs to be some more forecasting. You know, there needs to be like a forecasting for traffic for Tahoe. And, and then because of what Palisades Tahoe is proposing is that it's they're, they're trying to solve. Obviously, they know when these peak, the peak, the worst days are, which are weekends, the three day holidays, the big, the big major holidays. So they're saying, OK, let's let's limit the number of people that come on these peak weekends. But what about that r- random Tuesday? when it snows two feet, and then we know it's going bluebird. Yeah. Like that's as much of a cluster, you know, as
1: Don't you have a sound effect I, I for that? I, well, I don't, I don't want to,
0: yes. I, I don't want to, uh, you, you know, use swear words, but. <laughs> But yes, look, I, I think I, I I might try to do it on this podcast and see how accurate I can be. Like I know B A super into like his accuracy of how good he is oh, with the snow forecasting. Brian Allegretto, yeah, I'd, yeah, and I'd love to have him on the show as we get closer into winter and, and pick his brain about you know the, his his whole path and snow forecasting. But I I kind of want to be the, uh, the the shit show forecaster for Tahoe and see if I can't call it 48 hours in advance. Yeah. 72 hours, I think I could even do it 72 hours You just see the wave of shit coming? I I do. I mean, well, I'm so into (laughs) like, just absolutely just absorbing all weather and knowing when it's gonna be good and knowing when the blue blooper day is. And you can see it now. You see it 48 hours in advance. Right, right. And you just put out a warning. It's like, hey, this is a shit show warning. Like, like we need a reservation system for this random Thursday in the middle of January. Yeah. Here it is, yeah. like, because we know it's coming. Right. If yeah. someone if someone were to forecast it, like, and just not, like, just blindly sort of say, oh, yeah, it's just because it's a weekday, we're going to be okay. No. Like, Tahoe, Truckee in particular, is not okay when too many people with Icon Passes show up at the exact same time. They and all it, want to get yeah. on the Southwest flight at the same time.
1: It's all, and you, like you said, it's become so predictable. Like, it's never anymore are you at palisades tahoe on a saturday in january after three feet of snow going mile there's not as many people here as i would have thought dude i'm scoring
0: (laughs) yeah yeah i mean that happens at kirkwood when no one can come up the other side right if they can't get up 88 like you get those random days but there's still just too many people trying to do the same thing i think so i'm going to try to maybe i'll forecast the kook the kook cluster Clu- cook cluster, yeah.
1: You're going to have to, you should probably uh, start like an Instagram page like that, Lake Tahoe Problems, you know? They, they just like clown clown out of towners when they that's come to Tahoe, you know? Public shaming works. Only problem is you have to deal with the comments that people will send you after you public shame well, someone.
0: dude, that's, <laughs> I don't want to get bad. <laughs> Even though I will not go there on one of those days that I forecast a kook, a kook out, I, you know, I'll, I'll be skiing elsewhere and snowboarding elsewhere, but there's other days in, in March and April where I want to go have fun at Palisades Tahoe. So mm-hmm. I don't want to get banned. I, I I'll public shame them some, yeah. but I'd also actually the, the contractor that worked on this house here was banned from, from Palisades Tahoe for what, for, for writing a letter and made it public. Ooh. He's a legend, air cursed Oh. he's a family friend banned. Yeah. He was uh, still banned. No, because, uh, because it changed hands. Changed
1: ownership. Yeah. yeah. It
0: changed ownership. So when that happened, I, all of a sudden Eric was back in the lift line at KT. And I'm like, <laughs>
1: what's he's like, I'm back. I'm like, what's up, dude.
0: Yeah. He's, he's married a gal from Europe. So he spends some of his Europe's now in Chamonix, but he's a, he's a legend squaw guy. He worked at squaw for 20 years. He had a lot to say about what was happening back in the day. And he did get, he got it. He got blacklisted. Pu- speak publicly speaking out against that company back oh, in the day. Oh, I like that. Well, so anyway.
1: let's, uh, let's keep this to an hour today. Yeah, let's do we, it. Because we, ha- we have not managed to be able to do that. Uh, we got five minutes left. Um, so let's talk about maybe just briefly what we're
0: gonna be doing here in the next week or two. What are no, you gonna be up to? I'm gonna be riding my bike a bunch. Yeah? Yeah, I'm back to sort of a better schedule with work and uh oh you're gonna be with me next week so next week oh yeah that's right we're gonna be riding we're gonna be i'm gonna be riding my bike
1: (laughs) so i'm going out to the toyabi tomorrow for another trail work weekend um we're gonna have a pretty good crew out there i think and then next week tom and i are gonna ride the toyabi crest trail with a couple other folks on e-bikes and then uh that footage, Tom's going to get a bunch of footy drone and POV and then some
0: footy for the boys. And then PBS is doing a documentary on what's going on out there.
1: Yeah. PBS Reno, the wild Nevada show. If you've ever seen it, it's actually, I really like it. It's pretty good, man. Like the the hosts are, you know, it's, uh, it's like a little cheesy, but like endearing, you know, and they're, and they're fun and they're like, they're, they're pretty good hosts. Um, Chris and Dave and, uh, and they've been doing it on and off now for 20 years. And Fun. they go to all these super cool places in middle of nowhere, Nevada, that you've never heard of that soup. Like, you're like, oh, I want to go
0: there. They're like the Hauser of Nevada. They're,
1: they're the Huelhauser of Nevada. Perfect. That's exactly what they are. And so they want to do an entire episode about um, the uh, the Toyabi Crest Trail. And so, and then they let me know that they want me to be the co-host because Dave's like, I, uh, you know, I really, I, I can't make it out there that week. And, um, but I trust you. I think you'll be a make a great co-host cuz I did an episode with them about Verdi last year, you know? And so I was like, "Oh, all right. So I might be the co-host for Sweet. Wild Nevada for that episode, which would be fun."
0: Is your is your uh is your screen name going to be Springfield? <laughs> KP Springfield. This is KP Springfield. Rep- report- Welcome to Wild Nevada. <laughs> reporting from San Juan Creek. <laughs> so, tune me into the ride we're going to do. We're are we going to do The full traverse that I've done now a couple times, but then drop to the other side. Yeah, we're going to start in South
1: San Juan where you where we've ridden before, okay, and then ride the TCT north from South San Juan, but this time
0: we're going to take it all the way to Kingston. Cool, so we'll go, instead of doing an outback on that upper section, we'll just drop the other side.
1: Well, not necessarily drop. There's still a bit of climbing between that saddle. (laughs) Oh yeah, dude. That that trail, the last 10 miles of that trail to Kingston, it gets you because you're at 10,000 feet at Carsley Saddle thinking, oh, we're at the top, man. It's gonna be just ahead is the downhill. No, you gotta climb two walls. There's two big walls you gotta get up and over before you hit the final 3,000 foot descent into the canyon. Um, so so it, what you're saying is save a little battery oh, on it's gonna bike It's gonna be a full <laughs> test of e-bike battery. It's gonna, yeah, we're gonna, I think we're gonna push our bikes to their limit. Um, we were talking about doing a battery resupply, but that would require having everyone having an extra battery. And I just no. don't know if we're gonna be able to pull that together. Cause you know, we've got a couple of people on Bosch bikes, a couple of people on Shimano bikes, a couple of people on specialized bikes. So, and I, I would love to have, I don't have a spare battery for my Levo. Um, but
0: someone was just telling me about this really nice backpack situation that care that's made for carrying an extra battery. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah. You can that. do that. I've done that before. Um, they're not too heavy. Um, but no, we would actually resupply, we would drop into Washington Creek and then there'd be lunch waiting for us with like a support crew. Cool. And then we'd pick up another battery, but I just don't know if that's gonna happen.
0: And either. then are you organizing a shuttle for us to get back and around to the other yeah, side? Yeah, we got a shuttle set up.
1: We're gonna finish at
0: the Lucky Spur Saloon
1: there in Kingston. There's yeah, new owners of the bar, bar super rad. Um, and then yeah, we'll get shuttled back to the campsite.
0: It's so gonna be we'll a little nostalgic for me. I'm looking forward to seeing that terrain that we skied this spring, but seeing that canyon in the summertime. Yeah,
1: there's still huge snow drifts up there. Is there? Chad sent me a picture. Chad Kelly, who lives in Kingston, sent me a picture
0: yesterday of the top of Carsley. Huge snow still. Uh-huh. Yeah. Cool, man. Yeah. Well, I think the only other thing to maybe just gossip about for a hot minute is it's a really good time to buy a mountain bike. It is, yeah. Well, why? <laughs> like... Everyone's giving bikes away for 30% off. Yeah, you know, it's it's
1: crazy. Like I can understand bike bike companies not seeing the the COVID demand that was that came, right? Not seeing like everybody was gonna buy a bike. I could see that. But man, I I mean, I'm no forecasting genius, but I know enough about the bike industry to know that when everybody buys a freaking bike, that demand is not going to last into Infinium. That is a short-lived demand spike. And so everyone tooled up, everyone overproduced. And now these brands, I I heard a rumor that one of the major big three brands is sitting on a billion with a B dollars of inventory. Like, Holy hell. So yeah, there and as a result, I think you're seeing out there, people are slashing prices on bikes. And so what, you know, before the pandemic, a $6,000 bike, right? That exact same bike a year later was 7,500 bucks because they could, because they're just like, demands there, pay it or don't buy it. We and don't now care. It's and now it's like, yeah, now it's
0: like 35. And you're like, that really bit you in the ass, didn't it? So yeah. Well, good on for people who want to get a new bike because it is a good time to jump into it. It seems
1: patience pays, right? Like being patient eventually pays off. And right now, if you're in the market for a new bike, you have your pick of many different brands that have are steeply discounted.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And that'll probably take a year to full year for them to shake that
1: out. It's going to take longer than that. I think
0: these people are sitting on 2022 bikes. There's 23 bikes are out out now. And then 24 bikes technically yeah. hit here in another month or two.
1: Yeah. Cause a lot of people who bought during the pandemic, they were, they were, they were buying a bike that they hadn't bought in 10 years, right? They hadn't bought a bike in 10 years. And they were like, now's the time to buy a new bike. And guess what? They're not going to buy another bike for another 10 years. So it's <laughs> yeah. like, they're, I mean, it's going to be a, this is going to be a long hangover. They're not for the bike industry. Like me and you that want a new bike, like, right? Two no. new bikes every year. No, not like us. We are the
0: we are not the the, the mass market. Well, I will say I've been having an absolute blast on my on my, my e bike. I've been limiting my use of it. I've been saying I've been two thirds Amish, yeah. and one third e tron. It's like, the, like eating ice cream. You don't eat it every day. But the thing about the yeah, <laughs> just a couple times a week, man. Just a couple times a week. But damn it, it it's like my the thing that's really. I'm reading a really good book right now called The Rise of Superman, which is all about flow state. Yeah, And I've noticed that that e-bike just immediately, especially when, if I'm riding a trail that I've ridden a lot, mm-hmm. which we just did today again, we rode, we rode in Coldstream, we rode JPs, which is I think I've ridden that trail more than any, any other trail in Tahoe because I lived at Donner Lake for all those years. But it, with like riding a trail that you've ridden a bunch before and you get on an e-bike and it just immediately forces you to get into the flow state. Cause yeah. you're moving a little bit faster. Like you're right. getting pedal strikes, you're getting handlebar grabs. Like th- it's just, things are coming at you faster. And like, I've just had an absolute blast on that e-bike. Yeah. I was a hater and I'm now I'm not, I'm a lover. Oh, it's the bomb. I'm dude. loving that e-bike. I went
1: on a big adventure yesterday where I just drained the battery to zero and like went scouting and was just like kind of free roaming through the forest, trying to figure out like new routes and stuff. And the bike allows you to do that, you know? And, um, you just go on these adventures you would never otherwise go on I and mean, be like, just soul crushing to try and attempt to yeah. even ride off trail at all, you know? And, um, yeah, it's just, it's awesome exploration tool. So it's yeah,
0: good time to buy useful. a bike.
1: Yeah. Get an e-bike and, you know, forget the haters, man. They can hate all they want. Said, speaking missing like, out. So, set your send award was Marco. So, my send Six. award was Marco.
0: Yeah. What about you? What was your sendy send of the week? I think it my my sendy send of the week was just everybody that went up to Downingville and did that race in the heat and and supported that event. Yeah. So good on good on to the classic for coming back, and uh, yeah. And then I was not going to nominate Swan John. For for ripping of that lap with us that two week two weekends ago, <laughs> yeah. it was great to finally get a get a ride in with her. Yeah, she did awesome. Yeah, she did she did rad, and she was you know keeping up with a couple frothers and one of which they had to get to work. <laughs> the yeah, the clock was ticking, but uh, yeah, so it was rad to get a get a rip in with Swan John, and look forward to uh, riding again with her maybe out in in Tayobi next next weekend. I don't know if she'll be coming off for that. All right, See, we need to get her an e bike first.
1: She's been resistant because she's like, I'm afraid all I'm gonna do is ride it. I'm like, I mean, it's a good fear to have. I mean, you yeah. you might be right, but, but only, <laughs> you're gonna have a lot of fun. So all, what's
0: wrong with that? Come on, just, just eat ice cream only twice a week. <laughs> yeah, yeah, <right. laughs> only open the freezer twice a week. <laughs> well, cool, man. Well, good catch up. Yeah, good I'm look, catch up. looking forward to doing the, uh, the ride out in Nevada and get back on the TCT. Yeah. That'll yeah,
1: be fun. We we're gonna get we're gonna get some more guests lined up for future episodes. It's been, like we said at the beginning, kind of a hectic time. So we're we're just trying to squeeze in recording when and where we can, because um, we want to keep this going. We've had a lot of positive feedback yeah, from friends, been rad. and thank you guys and girls for you know reaching out to us and saying, hey, you guys are killing it. Keep doing it. We're just gonna keep doing it, and uh, hopefully we get better at it. It sounds like people think we are, so that's good. Um, but. Yeah, yeah, any
0: any input is appreciated.
1: Yeah, for sure. Yeah, and if somebody knows a volcanologist that doesn't sell tires, <laughs> like hit hit us up. Dude. <laughs> I got to get some more info on this Honga Tonga stuff. You know, I just don't want to be talking out my ass. <laughs> I already am anyway, but
0: you know, some validation would be nice. Yeah, I think we should probably have like a a, a weather episode as we go into winter. Like oh we, yeah, we could do our forecast. Like I'll do a long-range forecast. Mm-hmm. I'll make a call. Yeah, yeah. Like I'm gonna, I'm gonna be calling out kook days, but also call out the winner maybe and see, yeah. see, see, see how accurate I am.
1: <laughs> right on. Well, thanks everyone for listening to episode number fifteen. I don't even know what we would call this one. It's just like Fourth of July potpourri, Downeyville Classic recap, summertime Tahoe. It's hot in the shade. Hot in the yeah, ninety-six degrees in the shade. And until next time, get out there, get deep, and put your mind in the track.